Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We've been doing a, a series on learning to hear from God. And, and, and tonight I want to talk about uh, ears to hear. Uh, John, the 10th chapter, verse 27 has been our text. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is Jesus talking. We're his sheep. We hear his voice and, and he knows us and we're able to follow him. Um, in Mark, the fourth chapter, Jesus said this and he said it frequently during his time. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And so obviously Jesus is talking about more than just having ears on your head. He's talking about a heart to hear, a a heart to receive what he's saying. And so he would say that frequently if anyone has ears to hear. And I want to talk about creating an environment that's where you have ears to hear. Have you ever tried to talk to someone and they were actually doing something else when you were trying to talk to them and, and it was not a good environment? I, uh, Jordan and I have been, we'll be, we'll celebrate 42 years in April. And one of the, uh, hear it. Lord, what have I done? The, uh, we've been married, you know, that long. And, and there are certain times when she wants to talk to me that I'm just not in a listening mode. And that's typically because Joy likes to talk to me during ball games. <laughs> and, and, and she, I, I just finally, I finally told her, I said, I said, honey, I said, if it's in the fourth quarter of any ball game and I'm watching, I said, do not come and talk to me. <laughs> and, and, and so now she realizes that it irritates me and she'll, she'll come up where I'll be watching. She'll go, is your team winning? Because she can hear me yelling downstairs and, and, and she, she knows they're not. And so she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But, but she, I told her, I said, I said, darling, this is not the time. This is not the time to talk. It's not a good environment to talk. And if you, if you would just wait, sometimes when um, we'd come in from work, we, a lot of times we, we, need a, we need kind of a cool down period. When you come in, you still got the day on you, and it is not the time to launch into a big, long conversation. Because sometimes I just don't even want to hear it. I mean, I, I've looked at her sometimes. I said, I don't want to hear anything about church, church people, anything like that, just nothing. I don't want nothing, <laughs> period. And give me a, give me a break. Um, we have found, you know, a good environment. I don't know if people still do it as much anymore. We, we found that the dinner table was always one of the best environments to talk. And if you're, if you're able still to have family time, uh, there's something about talking over a meal that can be just a, it's a good time for fellowship. And Matt's probably laughing because we have a, we have a round table in, in our, our home and we had a lot of dinners together. And we were either laughing or crying or screaming. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> but it was, it was a, a good time. And oftentimes when, when the kids, and we just, we, most of our kids grew up before the, the phone became ubiquitous. 
And so even after it did, the, the deal was don't bring your phone to the table. And so, you know, I just encourage you as a family, have some time where everybody puts their phone down. And that creates a good, it's hard to, <laughs> ever try to talk to somebody where they're texting? It, it's, and it's, I can lose joy when she's texting. And she'll start a, a conversation and then she'll stop. And I'm like, she's texting. I'm just, I just lost her. And, um, and so putting that down. Environments. I, I wonder sometimes if the Lord is talking to us a lot more than we realize, but we're busy and, and distracted and, and doing other things. And so, um, but I want to talk about two things to create an environment. Is, is one is develop a reverence and respect for God's written word. Um, sometimes people, I, I hear people say things like, you know, I really need to hear from God. I, I really need to hear from God. And, and, and the thing about it is, is they want to hear in one area. Like I've, I've got a big decision and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here's, here's a good thing. Create an environment where you're hearing on a regular basis. And when you're hearing on a regular basis, it, it, it's like uh, you know, a good marriage. You don't, you don't talk just when it's a crisis. There's good conversation throughout. And so um, let me just give you some, some, some ways to do this. Believing God's word is inspired, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Um, alive and powerful. Alive is where we, actually the Greek word, where we get the word energy from. God's word's got energy. It, it's alive. Now, one of, the, one of the ways you know it's alive is you, you can pick up the Bible and read the same chapter that you read yesterday, and it's still, alive, it's still fresh to you. I don't know about you. I don't want to read old newspapers. I don't want to read old publications. I love to read, and there are times I've had books that I've read. I've loved them a lot, and I've read them a couple of times. I think I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy a couple of times. But about that third time in, I'm like, no, I know this. It's not alive. God's Word's living, and it's powerful. And so creating a reverence for that's going to help. Believing the Scriptures are speaking, God speaking to me today. This is... This is where, and I talk to folks sometimes. I'm like, hey, Matt, do, you, do you ever read your Bible? And I think, y'all think that's the only thing I have to preach, and it's not. But I'm trying to help. And a lot of times I, I'm trying to help people. I know what's going to help them. I've heard people say, oh, man, if I can just talk with you, if I can just talk with you. L listen, talking to me or hanging out with me or having lunch with me would probably be very disappointing to you. <laughs> I, I tell people, what you get from me in the pulpit it's the best you get from me. Because that's the only, that's, that's the anointed, Alan. You watch, you go, you, hey man, I like to watch a Texan game. You would not be impressed with me watching football. <laughs> People are like, man, he, he yells at the television just like everybody else. <laughs> he doesn't cuss at the television. He yells at the, at the television. But, but what I'm saying is, a lot of times people say, well, if I could just get to them, if I could, listen, Listen, believing that God's word is alive and that it's God speaking to me today is one of the most important things you can ever do. And because we're talking about creating an environment where you can hear. Now, in 
First Thessalonians, let me just read you that verse. For this reason, Paul was writing to the church. He said, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So they work in you who believe. And so when you approach this book, not as a chore or a duty. I've talked to people before and I'm like, hey, yeah, do you, do you read your Bible? And immediately they'll launch into why they're too busy. You're talking to the wrong guy. You really are. Because I'm trying to help and you're trying to tell me why you're too busy to read. It's like, come on. We can do what we want to do. We can allocate what we want to allocate. And so here's the thing. These are the same people that when all hell busts loose, they're going, you got to pray for me. Mm-hmm. We don't mind praying for you. Mm-hmm. We, we love you. We're going we're gonna to pray for you. But you know what's even better than having someone pray for you? Is you pray for yourself and get answers and know that God will hear you yes. because he's good. Right. <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll answer your prayers. But you, you got to have some basis for that. And so believing that God's word is God speaking to us today. And then make the effort to practice. And we're talking about an environment. Make the effort to practice what the scriptures say. This is James, first chapter. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, if you feel like you're stuck in your spiritual life, here's one of the first things I would do is look back at what has the Lord instructed you or what have you seen that you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing? And just begin to put it into practice. So we're learning how to practice. And I like the word practicing the word. Because no one's an expert at it. So we just practice. And we learn things. And as we practice putting it in, into place. You know, we read things about forgiving and no one wants, you know, everyone thinks forgiveness is great as long as other people are forgiving me. But when it comes time to me to forgive other people, that takes some practice. And a lot of times our feelings aren't involved. But the Bible says, don't deceive yourself. So in other words, hearing without action will not produce results. But some people think it does. They think, man, if I just come to church, if I just come to church and if I just listen, then it's going to produce great results in my life. Listen, coming to church and listening and reading your Bible and reading it is good, but don't stop there. Begin to say, Lord, what can I put into practice? What can I begin to do? And it's the doers who are the blessed. And once again, a strange calm reaches over the crowd. It's the doers that they're blessed. Because I don't, as your pastor, I don't want you deceived. So what are, what are we putting into practice? And that's, that's again creating an environment where we're saying, Lord, Lord, I'll not just listen to what you tell me supernaturally that I, I hear from you, but I'm listening to what you're saying to me in here. This, this is where I want to start. And this is, this is the beginning place. You know, I, I don't know about you, I've prayed about things that, um, where the Lord's already told me what to do. Had someone try to rip us off one time in, in, in a money transaction, real estate transaction, the church. And man, I was just ticked off. I was ready to scor- scorch the earth. And, and the verse comes up in my heart about turning the other cheek. And I'm like, oh dear Lord, that had to be the devil. It it wasn't. 
and, and what we wound up doing was, we did. We, we, we took the high road. Made it easy on them, hard on us. And the Lord blessed us and helped us. And so creating that environment. So it's a good, it's a dangerous prayer if you want to pray it. But Lord, what can I do? Here's another thing. If we're going to create an environment of reverence and respect for God's written word, do not harden your heart. Hebrews 4, 7. Harden your heart. Again, he designates a certain day saying today, after such a long time, as it's been said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So it's important that you say, well, what do you mean harden your heart? It's where you hear something and you just, you just kind of buck up and you're like, you refuse to do it. Years ago when we were getting ready to start the church, many of you know the ark is our second attempt at a church start. This one worked. First one didn't work. And we were, we were going to go to North Carolina, and we did. And I remember Joyce saying, are you going to go talk to Pastor Osteen about it? I'm like, no. I've already heard from the Lord. I don't need to go talk to him. Well, he was my pastor, and I actually was one of their, their volunteer leaders. And uh, it would have been appropriate. I didn't, but I didn't want to hear what he had to say. In fact, later on, he told me, Alan, if you'd come, I'd have talked you out of it. I said, that's probably why I didn't come. But the second time, we're getting ready to start the ark. And Joy, Joy said, you going to go talk to Pastor Osteen? I said, mm-hmm, yes. I sure am. And she looked at me, she said, what if he says no? And I'm, man... Something on the inside of me rose up. I'm like, what? I got that look on my face that's look that I get when I'm wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I t- well, I'm just, I know what we're supposed to do. I know what, what, what. I'm like, Rawr. and I and I went into my room and I sat down. And I think I prayed about two minutes, and I came back out and I said, okay. I said, if he says no, I will ask him to pray again. And uh, had a piece about it, went in, talked to him. Someone had left the church prior to us, and took a lot of people the year before us. And I didn't want to do that to him. And so when, we, when I went to see him, I said, I told him, I said, Pastor, I'm not leaving without your blessing. What am I talking about? I didn't harden my heart there. He was my pastor. I was a leader in his church. Before I started the church, I really wanted his blessing. And he gave me his blessing and told us how he would prefer that we leave. And we left that way. But sometimes, you know you're, you know you're getting hard-hearted on something when someone can tell you something and you know it's right and you, and you bow up. <laughs> Y'all are looking so very innocent. Like... <laughs> Thank you for indulging me as I share my problems <laughs> and all the de- things I deal with. I appreciate that. Y'all, y'all are being very gracious toward me. Thank you. Um, we're talking about creating a, a, a reverence or respect for God's word. I want to get to an area tonight, so I'm, I'm going I'm to jump. One of, the, one of the prayers that you want to begin to pray is for ears to hear. Is, uh, I don't have time. Just pray that way. <laughs> Lord, give me ears to hear. Amen. 
I'm going to rue the day I ever, ever said that. And then, all right. I, I, we're talking about a reverence and respect for God's written word. I want to jump. And so those of you in, in the media, I'm going to jump over a couple of scriptures. I'm going to jump the Luke one. Uh, I'm going to just refer. Let's go real quickly to Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, the word word of God there is a different word. When I talked about the written word, that's logos. This word is the word rhema, rhema or rima, rhema. And it's the spoken word. I want to, want to talk a little, a little bit about, I want to close with this, is about the spoke hearing when, when God speaks a word to you. It's a word that comes alive. In that passage that we read in the, in the road to Emmaus, when Jesus was sitting with those two disciples and, and when he revealed himself and then left, they turned and looked at one another and said, didn't our hearts burn within us while he opened the scriptures? And there's, there is a, a sense of when you're, and, and this is one of the beautiful things about reading your Bible, when you're reading, there's a word that can become alive to you. This maybe not even necessarily in, in the context of the scriptures. Now I want to give you two examples. Uh, a number of years ago, I, I, got, I, I did LASIK surgery. You might know what LASIK surgery is, right? Um, this was a while back. I had never been under the knife before. I'd never had surgery. And I remember they told me, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put these drops in your eyes and we're going to cut these slits in your eye. That doesn't sound good to me. Um, and, and just the idea of someone coming at your eye, my eyes start watering just thinking about it. And, and I remember I was just a little bit, I, I was a little bit eh about it. And I'm reading the Psalms a couple mornings before I go in. And this Psalm came up. Psalm 16, if you would, Psalm 16. Oh Lord, you're the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. That means you, you maintain what belongs to me. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Leave it up there. When I read the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, that word came alive to me that this surgery was going to be okay. The lines that they're cutting in my eye would fall to me in pleasant places. You see where, you see where I'm taking that verse completely out of context? But you see where, where the Holy Spirit can take those kind of words and make them come alive to you? And so when I, when I waltzed in, they said, well, do you want to know about all? I said, no, no, just give me that. Give me what you got to give me. And uh, surgery turned out fine. But I had peace going in because I had a word that was a logos. That was a spoken word. The Lord spoke that to my heart, and I, so I go in with peace. You say, well, Alan, you took that out of context. I didn't take it out of context. The Holy Spirit took it out of context. And since he wrote the book, he could do whatever he wants to do with it. So, so that, that came alive in me. Now let me give you something else. Probably one of the most dramatic ones. My mother, I, I've, I've got a wonderful mom. She's in heaven now. She prayed for, she was the prayer in the family. And she prayed for me and she prayed for my sister. And um, she was, man, she was always, she had a, such a heart for God. Got us kicked out of a Baptist church because she got filled with the Spirit and started sharing it with, with her junior high girls and they started getting filled with the Spirit. So my early memories of being in a Baptist church was getting kicked out. 
so mom was, mom was praying. Now, when I went to um, college my freshman year, I partied pretty hard, but still made good grades, and I didn't want to go home. I, um, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to go home, and so I, I, um, I went out and sold books door-to-door in Illinois and Missouri um, for a whole summer and <laughs> worked my tail off seven days a week, excuse me, six days a week selling books, about 80 hours a week. And uh, made a lot of money, but uh, hard job. Door-to-door, not everyone wants to see a door-to-door person. But I got saved out there. Got filled with the Spirit out there. Illinois, Carbondale, Illinois, walking across a field, asked Jesus into my heart, and, and got saved. So I come back, my mother's elated. She's so excited. Praise God, her boy got saved. I came back and fell away from God horribly. I mean, I just, it, was, it was gradual. See, I don't think anybody just wakes up one day and goes, you know, I'm just going to backslide. It's a, it's, a, it's a slide back. And I, my mother came up to, to see me in college, and man, I... She could tell I wasn't. I didn't want to talk about the Lord. I didn't want to hear about the Lord. And my dad said she cried the two hours home. And so for the rest of my college experience, I dropped out of college for a bit, went back. I mean, I'm not looking like the poster child of someone who was going to be a preacher one day. I was looking rough. And so my mom is up agonizing, and she's praying. And she... She's just talking to the Lord because I wasn't living for God and neither was my sister. And she opened the Bible when I, and, and she was reading and, and this, these words came alive to her in Isaiah. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. And they'll spring up like grass like willows by the uh, watercourses. And one will say, I'm the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. When she read those verses, that became a spoken word to her. That came alive to her. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing. And one will say, I'm the Lord's, and the other will call himself by the name of Jacob. So that gave her something to hold her when it didn't look like me or my sister was going anywhere close to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? This was a, this was a promise to Israel. Now, here's the thing. I've, I've shared this before. I've, some of you heard me share this story before. I've shared this story before. And I've had people come up to me and go, what was that verse? Like they want to pray that for their, for their family. No, the idea is you don't pray that. My mom wouldn't go and give me a verse to pray for my family. The Holy Spirit brought that alive to her and and gave her a promise that he would pour his spirit on her descendants and one would call himself, I'm the Lord's, and the other one call himself by the name of Jacob. And that gave her a peace and a rest because she had a spoken word into her heart. Do you see the point? This, This is one of the hidden huge values of reading the Bible, just reading it and spending time in it. It's not just what you see in the written word. It's what the Holy Spirit can cause to come alive to you and what can just come alive in your heart. Now, I'm going to fast forward. She got that verse, and, and boy, it did help things because she stopped just dogging me every time I came home. 
You know, I'd come home from college and I'm in, boy, a beautiful day. She's like, Jesus made the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that, Mom. Thanks. So I, I, I get the, the news that I'm getting transferred to, um, to Houston, Texas. And I thought my mom was going to freak out. But she was thrilled. She just said, as soon as I heard it, she said, I had a witness. Now, that's another way the Lord leads us. She had a witness from the Holy Spirit, and that was the right move. And sure enough, I come down here, and I'm out there by my pool in Clear Lake City, and I see a vision in a leopard print bikini. I'm like, hello. And uh, long, dark hair. And uh, she turned around, and I went, wow, both sides. Here we go. And so um, I said, I'm, uh, I went back up and put my bathing suit on, got up and came down and positioned my chair and started talking to her. So what are you doing? She's reading her Bible. It was joy. She said, I'm reading my Bible. I went, I, went, I, can, I can do a Christian thing here. Single women, beware of people like me. I was away from God, but I'm like, I, I can play the Christian role. I can, I can, I can do that. And so I started talking to her, asked her out to, to dinner. We went to dinner. And, uh, man, I just really thought, I really thought, man, there's something about this girl. She is special. We went, she's only visiting for a couple of weeks. She was visiting her sister for two weeks. And, boy, we went to a park at Clear Lake Bay Area Park. And we were at the park. And I, and I remember looking at her, and I, I said, uh, I said, uh, you think you and I have any future together? Very smooth line. She, she looked at me. She said, "No, no." She said, and she said this very, very. I think what she said was so important. Now, Joy's real sweet, and Joy didn't like to hurt anybody's feelings. But she looked at me just dead in the eye, and she said, "The man I marry is going to be the spiritual head of my house," which basically means that ain't you. And that's when I began to to weep. And, I, I, and it was it was most embarrassing and, and an unusual thing because I've been rejected before, but I'm weeping, and it was conviction. And man, I went and just fell across my bed. And I'm just I'm crying out to the Lord. I said I've run from you almost all my life. I'm tired of running. I said you're right. Here I am. Boy, I felt a surge of energy go through me. I felt like, man, I could still run in those days. And so I just, I just felt like I needed to run. So I put my running clothes on, and I'm on, I'm on a golf course. I look probably like a crazy guy. I'm just like, I'm slinging snot and talking to the Lord. And, and I, I remember I told the Lord, I said, I said, uh, unusual conversation. Never had one since like it. I, I said, Lord, I said, uh, the Lord asked me, he said, what about that party? I said, Lord, I'm going to give that up. He said, what about the, the, uh, the drinking and the dope smoking? The Lord does know if you're smoking dope. You know that, don't you? He's not surprised. And I said, Lord, I'm going to give that up too. And then I, I figured since we're in the, in the bartering mode, I said, what about joy? And I remember he looked at me and said, I mean, he just spoke to my heart. He said, she's yours. I went, wonderful. I just, I trotted right up to her apartment door where she's staying with her sister. She opens the door and I look at her and I'm like, I'm, just, I'm still swinging slot. I said, I just want to tell you that I gave my heart back to the Lord. He tells me that you're going to be my wife. 
That is exactly how you don't propose ever. And, and uh, she, I, she smiled real sweetly. She said, he didn't tell me that. But here's the deal, Here, here's, here's, what, here's what got interesting. She goes back to Florida. She's supposed to be, and so I'm reading, I'm reading in the Bible. And I figured, man, I hadn't read my Bible, so I started in Genesis. I'm reading in the Bible, and um, I read where uh, Jacob had met Rebecca. Is Rebecca or Rachel? Is it Rachel? Come on, Bible scholars, help me. Rachel, thank you. Hear it. Uh, and I, uh, I read where Jacob had met Rachel, and he, that's the one he had to work for like for seven years. And so I actually called my mom up. I said, mom, I give my heart back to the Lord. And uh, I said, I met this girl, her name's Joy. I said, I think I'm gonna marry her, but she's moving back to Florida. I said, but I feel just like Jacob who met Rachel. And the years seem like days because, because of his love for her. But, but what was interesting was my mom, of course, she's all crying and everything. Crying runs in our family. And uh, she's crying, but when, when, she got, when she got up the phone, the Lord spoke to her heart and said, one will call himself by the name of Jacob. Fulfilled that Isaiah promise right down to the word. I called myself by the name of Jacob. My sister came back to the Lord years later. A spoken word. It's powerful. One of the most powerful things. I, I get choked up every time I think about it. Because God gave my mother a promise that she held on to that he fulfilled right down to the letter. And he can still do the same. Don't look at, for that verse. Look for it. And the years still feel like days because of my love for her. He gave me a winner. But you bow your head for a moment. You came and worked your way through this story and you're still here. And you realize, you know what, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord, but I'd like to. Or maybe you realize that you are kind of in that backslidden state. You understand what that means. You're, you're away from God. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But if that's you... And you won't end on this prayer. I can't see if you're online, but if you're here and that's you, would you slip your hand up real quick? Say, Alan, I've been away from God, but I know I need to come back. Or Alan, I need that. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. Got those hands up. Appreciate that. Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. I can't see you online, but we're going to pray this prayer. Pray it with me. We're going to pray it out loud. And we'll, we'll join you as a church family. If you're by yourself online, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. 
Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. Here and online, thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Thank you for the promises that you have that apply to them and the goodness in your heart for them is overwhelming. Thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for helping us, strengthening us. Thank you for your word written and your word spoken. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.